God, I just got takes burning in my pocket right now. I want to fucking <laughs> just want to fucking go for it. Hmm. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. I already spilled on myself. <laughs> I mean, I spent all of my free time just grinding the web wires last night. <laughs> I web is the only league I put claims in for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent so much time looking at the wire for web that I just forgot that I was in other leagues and I never put any claims in anywhere else. I, I used to have that issue. Now I, I dole out like a minute for each one where I just see what sleepers trying I'm like, click, click, click. And then web, I'm like fucking yep. three hours deep, like clicking, like repositioning guys that are sixth in my queue that are <laughs> yeah. no chance of making my roster. Yeah. I mean, Dude, I, Andre Cisco in the morning and I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> I love getting the uh, getting your guy and then seeing the pack forever as the next the next yeah. pack. It's like <laughs> it's gonna be a good day. <laughs> One twenty twenty three web dot com podcast. The flagship program has returned for another season. We've had a nice off season. We had a nice little behind the curtain, got a little draft in there. We got the previews in, but I say this every year because it's real. It just hits different on week one, guys. Didn't hit them for, for me until until I looked at the spreadsheet and I had a healthy uh, body this week again. <laughs> then it set in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you okay, by the way? Did we figure that out over there? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, Sunday night was, I thought I was, I was on like my deathbed, basically. Jesus, man. What One of the it? worst nights of my life. So was this a self-inflicted wound or? I believe so. Um left some chicken out to thaw probably a little bit too long before it got moved into the fridge and didn't really think anything of it until I uh, started getting sick and then oh. connect those dots and you're like, oh no. Yikes. Well, we're glad that you that all is well and you made it here to the week one pod. Wouldn't be the same without you. Uh, Caleb, how are we feeling? Um, you know, it was a week in web. Um, it was a week at web. <laughs> at least the, pa- the Packers, the Packers game really lifted my spirits. At least we had that bearing the Bears really made it, you know, a salvageable week for me. Well, okay, you say it's a week in web. Before we get into the games, there's a couple things I like to do here in week one. One of them is how's it looking? One week in. Well, league wide this week. If, if it felt strange, if it felt low scoring, that's because it was. Uh, league-wide, 165.1 to start the year. That is the lowest week one average since 2019. And I think there's been some roster changing, like scoring things that have happened since that point in time. Like, it was a very weird week full of sloppy football <laughs> 
reflected in the games. They didn't all go the way that we thought that they might. We're going to get into all of that. But uh, yeah, weird week of NFL football. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Yeah, the the noon games while I was still somewhat coherent. Um, like all you get all the red zone build up every year, and then it's just like one forty five, and you're like, <laughs> this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like really, it's not a lot happening right now. <laughs> there really wasn't much happening at all, and it was like the quarterbacks were bad. I mean, there just was no. Nothing really going on. It was sloppy football, and even the good quarterbacks ended up not doing a whole lot, which I think kind of factored into some of these low scores where quarterbacks with the boosted scoring were helping inflate it, and it was just an awful quarterback week. Yeah, I was Terrible. going through each team and looking like no – I mean, there was maybe one good QB score that I remember looking at, Lawrence. I don't remember any other significant ones. Yeah, I we're, there's a few notes on that through the episode today, one in particular, but it was like every single one of them was like under 10 points or just about. It was pretty crazy. Um, but two, two was the one I was thinking of, not Lawrence. Lawrence was average. Well, above average. Okay. Let's, <laughs> well, for this week. Okay. For this week. <laughs> no. Um, yes, Tua had a phenomenal game. And. Before we get into all that, I'm 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 chomping at the bit here. I got so much shit written down this week. I'm I got stats. People are some people might cry this week, but um, <laughs> before we start, there were some me, is it? I don't think I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No promises. Yeah, we'll see. I, I it was a long time ago. I was feeling violent earlier, but um, there were two trades that came in both from big five teams, both involving running backs. And I think it was, it it comes off of the big five preview. And I think those teams maybe, you know, got a little bit of a fire lit under them. Some of the conversations that we had uh, talking about the big five, and I'm talking about the juicers and the milkers here. I want to get your guys' thoughts on these deals because I thought they were interesting. And let's start with the juicers because it's not very often that you see a first-round pick go for a running back that is a complete question mark. What did we think about the James Cook preseason trade? It was ambitious. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. (laughs) It's just, oh, I just don't, I'm not going to ever agree with trading those first that far out, especially with a, I mean, the team's up and coming, but there's still things that need to go right with young players. Still some positions of need, potentially quarterback going out and trading that future first for a unproven running back is just I don't I don't like it maybe it helps to line up a little bit this year but he doesn't even like profile as a superstar running back either that could be a high impact that would be worth it to take that risk on so I didn't like it that much but yeah I also I mean wait hold on Caleb oh 
you're telling me you didn't like the trade for James Cook, your favorite player. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, this was I was dubbed the Juicer Super fan after the preseason pod, and I was like kind of excited for this team. And it's gonna make a move for a running back, and then then it's James Cook is the one he trades for, and you know that really dampered the spirits of of my juicer fandom. Um I mean it's just it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like Mingo took this player with two oh three, didn't really do anything last year, and now he's worth a twenty six first. Like he gained value. Um I I just don't understand. And like remember when when Parker traded Ramondre Stevenson for a 25 first, I believe Ramondre had sort of proven like it wasn't a huge sample size, but there was at least a sample size. There were at least some games that were really good. We had like, a sample. We had a sample. We had a sample. There's no sample on James Cook. Not even in college you can go back and say there's a sample on James Cook. So I don't understand how we go from 203 to 26 first. I don't get it. Yeah, unfortunately, I I love aggression. I love pushing the chips in. I've never been one to be afraid when I sensed an opportunity to trade very future firsts for running backs. That being said, I would have loved this move a lot more if it was week three and James Cook had shown that he had a, a role, a startable role within this offense. I think it was very ambitious, like Frazier said, to make that move before we knew anything about James Cook. And I, you know, I hope it works out for him. He's he was looking at starting Devon A chain, who obviously didn't even play this week. And so yeah, I get it. There's a lot of pressure there to fill that spot for the week one game, but man, I yeah, that was I one might have got away from him a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, I like aggression too, but I there's there could have been like I think smarter things to do with it. Um, even if James Cook like is a young guy, like you, if you're dead set on moving that first and improving the lineup, like go talk to Dave about CMC. Dave would love to recoup some firsts, like make a real impact in the lineup. If you want to make a run at it this year, um, yeah, package that 26 with something, get CMC, or just hold it and wait for one of these uh, superstar running backs to potentially hit the block, but. <laughs> Now he's out that 26 first, and James Cook is not really as good of trade baits as that first would have been. Well, what do we think about the other trade? It was lower stakes, at least, but um, the Rebel Alliance picks up Dalvin Cook middle of the season last year around the trade deadline, ships that 25 first for him. Now we see him you know, in New York on the Jets, behind Brees Hall, potentially. We didn't know exactly at the time what the role was going to look like. So you get a couple of seconds here. You pick up Dalvin. We talked about the Milker's depth being a major concern. He picks up Dalvin here and also adds Michael Gallup, who is an interesting, but you know, maybe the fourth option there in Dallas. So what did we think about the price there? 
I uh, liked it for Josh, um, recouping some for or some picks for for Dalvin and then Gallup. Um, two people he's probably ready to move on for Calvin. I think that was just the direct response to the lack of offensive players, just bodies on his bench that we had talked about in the Big Five pod. So I I don't know. I just <laughs> meh. God yeah. Damn it. Um. I didn't like this move for Calvin. These felt like two players that might just erode on Josh's team. And I think, I mean, you got Delvin Cook, who's going to be in a timeshare with Brees Hall. And Brees Hall is probably eventually going to take it back over once he's fully healthy. And then Gallup hasn't been relevant for years. I know he's been dinged up and stuff, but, like, he hasn't done anything. So, I mean, if I, you probably could have, gotten away with just one second for that. I mean, Gallup almost just feels like a throw-in at this point, unless anyone still believes in him. But a backup running back and a fourth-string receiver for two seconds. I I hate to sound like a hater but on these trades, but I just, again, it doesn't really make sense to me. You embraced the villain role last year, and and you're going to continue that this year. We need our villain on this podcast, so keep it up. Um, I mean... It so okay. This conversation ultimately <laughs> goes pretty <laughs> negatively, I think, with with the two buyers in this case. Unfortunately, but there was a lot of pressure heading into this year. We talked about how wide open things could be. These teams sensed opportunities to add to their, you know, lineups or their depth or whatever. There was a lot of pressure here, and. Let's talk about week one. Let's talk about what it actually looked like. All of the buildup coming out of WebEx, these teams breaking it down for three hours. We have wins. We have losses. And there is nowhere else to start than the game of the week, which was not voted on, but it was unanimous. It was the Pirate Crew and the Insulin Pens. Matching up for the first time, the only time this year in the regular season, as they do every year in week one, but coming out of WebEx, two teams that want to erase what was ultimately a disappointing season for each of them. And the Pirate Crew does what they always do in week one, it seems. I have one of the craziest stats that I've ever pulled for this podcast. This is the third consecutive week one week high for the pirate crew out of 11 seasons of web. He has seven of the week one week highs. If you feel like you've seen this movie before, you've seen it a lot. This team starts hot and he's doing it again. Yeah, it's every year. It doesn't matter like how the whole lineup looks. Like as a whole, it doesn't look great. And then you just got those two splash Tyreek and then Jesse Bates on the defense that just explode. Um, so it's, it's just right back at it. He can struggle across the board, but he's got these high ceiling players that can go out and get it for him, like Tyreek. They can pull uh Losses out of wins. I don't remember a lot from Sunday, but I think Tim was in good shape at, at one point, if yeah. I remember. He right. was. He and was. Tyreek snatches that from him. Um, yeah, right back at it. Um, 
one thing I was looking at is it's uh, since week five last year, Dave is the only one to have a week high other than Dan and Tim. And Dave has just one of those. Uh, the rest of them are all Dan and Tim. Uh, so that's uh, like nine out of ten of the last ten weeks of web. And other than round one last year, I guess. Ooh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, it must it must be nice to be Dan to win. You know that week one is so much going into it, and if you can get that week one win, it kind of takes a little bit off your shoulders, a little easier start, a little less to worry about. And as a whole, it was just a really well-rounded performance. I mean, Mahomes wasn't obviously at his ceiling with the receiver play, but. The Tyreek, a vintage Tyreek game was unbelievable. The running backs were just respectable. Um, the defense was solid. I mean, it's just a, a classic Dan game, a classic Dan week one game, I guess. So um, really don't know where to poke holes in it. Maybe that wide receiver three spot with, with Lockett getting dinged up might be interesting to see what he does there. J.K. Dobbins on IR now, torn Achilles. That's obviously a huge blow. So there could still be some shuffling in this lineup, but the mainstays are there and still producing. So um, good signs for Dan early in the season. Mm-hmm. The scary thing is Nick Chubb gets targets now. Four of them. Pretty good for him. Um, one thing I did see, and I don't know what the Titans game looked like from a game script, but I think Tajay Spears outsnapped. Derrick Henry. I thought I saw that. You did. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, you know, what is it going to look like with these running backs getting a little bit older and like through the first half of the games, it was like they were two of the three leading rushers of the day. And you're sitting there like, here we go again. <laughs> you know, like they're never going to get old. And then, yeah, Henry lost some snaps to Tajay uh, in the second half, it looked like. And obviously the Dobbins injury is huge. So you talk about aging running backs. You have this young asset who is now out for the year again. We don't even know what it's going to look like beyond this year now with Dobbins, with all of the injuries that he's endured. Now Mixon slots right in as that, you know, the flex play. So he has that to fall back on. But now we're running thin. You know, now the now the tires are running a little thin here with these players. But Again, I mean, it's like you talk about the league opening up and the excitement going into this season. Who's who's here? You know, who's duking it out when it's all said and done? It's the teams that, you know, ran it last year and the pirate crew walks away with a week high. So it's the same team that that we remember from last year. On the other side of things, the insulin pens, I mean wasn't nine wib this week. It was not a bad week or anything like that, but does snap his consecutive week high streak. If we remember all the way back to last season, he did have five week highs in a row, not counting the playoffs as Frazier pointed out, but so the, the streak is over. He's mortal once again here in 2023, but the team still looked good. Yeah, especially the defense. Like, I see a bunch of 20s there. Brian Burns was a beast. Bobby Wagner just doesn't, like, doesn't age. Like, when is he going to not be elite? I don't know. I'm not betting on it anymore. I mean, he he was getting traded for seconds, like, two years ago. 
in anticipation of a fall off and it's just not happening. Um, so he's, he's still got that defense is elite. Um, if he just gets like a 25 point, uh, Jalen hurts game, this is a win for him. So I wouldn't be worried at all. It sucks to lose to Dan. Uh, but the, I mean, I want to hear the insulin pens, uh, unfiltered thoughts on the jk dobbins injury oh god <laughs> <laughs> uncancelable weekend yeah. let's get him back yeah there. If we run it back it'll be uh, <laughs> yeah i mean down i mean kelsey could it was probably even the difference here i mean you slot kelsey in this lineup mm-hmm. a normal hurts game i mean like you said the defense was unbelievable bobby wagner i mean if you just ever just click on like his history uh, he's been playing since 2012, never had under 100 tackles, and he's sprinkled in a bunch of 150-plus tackle seasons. Like, one of the most unbelievable runs at, at linebacker that we've seen. Um, and those linebackers, I mean, Roquan, 16 tackles, Bobby, 19 tackles. If he just would have started, I mean, Zaire Franklin was, like, in his lineup for a while. If he leaves Zaire Franklin in the lineup over Josie Jewell, that's 24 points he left on the bench. 18 tackles. We might have had the greatest linebacker trio performance in web history if he leaves in the lineup. <laughs> and he leaves this game with a win. So it's, you know, it's like what we touched on in the preseason. Is this team too deep? And are these, these decisions decisions too hard? And possibly already we're seeing one affect a game. What's funny here is that we talk about, oh, you, you already fucked up. You know, you already made the wrong lineup decision. But the defense without Zaire Franklin scored 111 this week, which is on the doorstep of a top 10 all time performance. The number 10 is 112. You put Zaire into this lineup, and this is. I think if I'm doing math correctly, the second best defensive Jeez. week of all time. So the defense sets the tone this week, this fearsome unit that he has not even at its max capacity with potential points, still putting up a historic week. And honestly, you look at what the offense did this week and it was, it was not great. Like I Kelsey's not in there. That's a huge part of it hurts. Like you guys said, Didn't have a great week either, but 86.65 on the offense this week. That is his first sub 100 offensive performance since week six of last season. So you talk about that run that he had to end the year. It was a lot of firepower on offense. A lot of that had to do with Kelsey. Week six is right about the time he added Kelsey to the lineup. So that was a huge factor in this game. And and like you said, Caleb, I mean, Kelsey plays. That's probably is a win for him. So. Uh, nothing to worry about for the insulin pens, mm-hmm. certainly. I'm also just looking at the depth with like point, like the points he had on the bench from receivers, like Hopkins, 12.5, had 13 targets. So that's good to see. Mike Evans, even with Baker, puts up 15 points, got that on the bench. And how about 2 2 Atwell? Six receptions, <laughs> 119 yards. Um, I can't believe I didn't believe he was still on a team in web, but look at that. He just picked him up before hey, the game. Really? Hey, good on you, Tim. Picked him up, nicknamed him Midget. That was three days before the game. <laughs> How could you forget? <laughs> Quick uh, defensive stat I saw when you were going on that. Um, going back to last season, so our defensive average has kind of settled out around 77 since the changes. 
the last five weeks, including this week one, so the last four weeks plus this week one, Tim's been over 105 four times. So oh. he, is, he is well above average. Uh, he's just no. defense just clicking on all cylinders. He did it right, man. <laughs> you People say, oh, you know what? I'll find these guys on the wire. He said, fuck that. And look what happened. He's in made major investments into this defense, and it paid off for him, certainly. Uh, before we move to the next game, the one thing I will point out, just to give the Insulin Pens owner some warm fuzzies, uh, he has three losses since the beginning of last season, points and WIB in those losses. We have 221.83, 10 WIB. That was week one last year against Dan. <laughs> 219.35, another 10 WIB. And then this week, 197.65, which was the nine WIB. So even in the losses, he is easily one of the best teams in the league for the last year. And now, you know, we're right on the same track with, with his uh, week one performance. But um, this is a program that respects our defending champions. Okay, so... We're going to come out of game of the week and we're going to talk about oh, no. how we don't. the defending champion Keel <laughs> pros defended their, the first game, Caleb with the belt on your fucking shoulder. And what happened, buddy? <laughs> we did, yeah. We didn't have to respect it this week. We could have respected it maybe next week, hopefully. Well, I, so you and you and Tim were going back and forth the other day about this. And I said, I had a stat that could end the argument. The stat is that the keel pros are the first defending champion in 11 years to post a week low in week one. That might not be a surprise, but when you say it out loud, <laughs> it just hits a little different. <laughs> Congrats, buddy. Yep. It's we're back to where we were at the beginning of last season. If you remember the beginning of last season, I remember the first few weeks I was starting to fall out of love with fantasy football and then we rallied and, and we did that. We're not quite at that point after week one, but if we get like two or three more weeks of this, uh yeah, we're gonna be back to all time low. <laughs> it it really it looks Bleak looking at it, but like Josh Allen played the Jets defense, which is looking like it's going to be ridiculous. I mean, 49ers kind of just shut down the Steelers completely somehow. Jay couldn't, we didn't really get a chance to see what he could get going. Uh, and the defense, <laughs> the defense was pretty good. I mean, yeah. All right, that's, that's it. Hold on, trying to so, add some some light. Let's we'll get to, we'll get to the, wait. No, I, I oh I don't actually have any positive bullets on my list here for God your team. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, before we try to talk you off the ledge here, I just want to point out exactly how bad this week was for Josh Allen. The some people picked him to be the MVP of Web this year. Had a lot of folks in the chat calling for Josh Allen. Almost won it last year. Uh, worst fantasy performance since when, Caleb? Do you have a guess? Ooh. 
I I don't know the first game you ever played. 2019 is the last time Josh Allen scored this few fantasy points. So it's we I mean there were a lot of quarterbacks that were in this range but this is not, you know, this is a, this is the engine. We talk about it. This is the Josh Allen and the defense running things here. You don't get a Josh Allen week. You see what happens to the team and the reason we bill the Josh Allen defense thing so much is because there are question marks on this offense and it's not going to look like this every week, certainly, but that doesn't change the fact that this week, 44.24 on the offense, that is borderline top 10 worst in history. And it is your first sub 50 offensive performance, Caleb, since week four of 2016 <laughs> but not the worst this week i'm trying to keep you yeah keep it's your... not the worst even this week though so <laughs> yep keep, look did you get the belt back yet not yet no oh, boy things are rough man <laughs> morale is low it's okay nope. buddy you're gonna get back at it i think Maybe. got dan this week Yep, well. no better place to bounce back. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. We need to see. I mean, just no touchdowns this week is tough. Like like Fraser said, Najee Steelers never had a chance to do anything. Uh, defense was solid, but Nick Bosa didn't have a big game either. Like none of my big players really came to play. No one really came to play. So shuffle up the lineup. Uh, hope to see some of these rookies continue to progress and. Uh, Try again next week. Hey, man, like you said yourself, this is how last season started for you. And how did it end? I think we all know. So, but on the flip side of this game, it's an exciting moment for the team that was chosen by the league as the favorite for the 101 in the next draft. It is the men of mystery, and it took them nine weeks last year to reach this point, which is win number one. So exciting stuff for the new men of mystery. Yeah, big week. Anthony Richardson looked good. Kenny Gainwell dominated snaps. Zay Flowers getting a lot of buzz. Um, And then just a couple little just defensive waiver wire types on this uh on this defense going off so uh this is about where i expected like this team to score for this year but in the context of the week one scores it looks pretty pretty good this past week so gets a w props to him yeah yeah there were some promising like this was a season of seeing some of these guys trying to take steps forward and obviously lave kind of stayed where he was at eight receptions 112 yards that's great Save Flowers, I mean, seeing an instant impact out of your your round one, one rookie is huge, I think, for Parker as he's assembling this team. Kenny Gainwell, it's too bad he couldn't, you know, he's out listed out for uh, Thursday's game, which sucks because he could either sort of like ride him for a bit and probably try to sell him. I mean, you already put him on the trade block. So this could be another trade piece down the line if um, somebody wants to – to uh, make that move and yeah Richardson right out of the gate already I mean for a rookie quarterback 21 points that's for sure the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks this week and 
one of the better quarterback performances of the week, all things considered. So a lot of promising signs, a scrappy defense, just, uh, you know, really, I mean, he was a, it wasn't a high scoring week, but it was a week full of promise. Yeah. I went. Yep. Gritty week, just like last year. I mean, this, this point total is just a little bit higher than he averaged last year. It's just a gritty performance, but we talk about how exciting it is for this team this year, as opposed to last year with that, you know, piecemeal patchwork team that he had going, uh, these instant impact rookies, like you guys are talking about, I mean, we had between Richardson and flowers, just two players, 36.37. That was 51% of his entire offensive total came from his two first round picks. So that is the definition of instant impact. They made a big impact for this offense already in week one, and they certainly helped him secure this win. So very, very exciting stuff for the men of mystery. Moving on to the next game, which I have selected as Herb Your Enthusiasm and the Dynasty team, because there were a lot of eyes on this game. A lot of folks wondering what the Dynasty team is going to look like, specifically as a team that was unanimously chosen by this panel, very smart folks here, to be a playoff team this year. But Riley said, hold on a second. I've made some moves. I've built this team for over three years, and I'm going to come out and do something like I did last year in week one. Do we remember that he put up a 207 in week one last year? And we were all on this podcast talking about, is this the year? He, we saw it finally. Maybe this is a sign of things to come. Well, he picks up the win over the favored dynasty team this week with a nice total, 199.27. So I have to ask again, did we maybe not give this team enough credit going into the season? I'm going to want to see it for a couple more weeks, but it, it was definitely a good start in a statement game. We got the expansion teams opening up against each other. The The year of arrival is here, three years in, and these teams put up just a, a great game in the 190s. Uh, Riley's scores were a little dependent on Josh Allen, um, a guy who's... I feel like has struggled to kind of turn playing into fantasy points. Uh, always a good player, but he hasn't been a huge fantasy guy yet. So great to see that out of him right away. 31 point bomb. Uh, and then Aaron Jones. Uh, I mean, definitely a guy that's going to put up these weeks throughout the year, but he is a little bit more inconsistent. So you're going to want to see those points spread um, across the, across the board a little bit more. So that's what I'll be looking at. Uh, for Riley over the next couple weeks. Yeah, this was, I mean, I feel like we all liked him. We just needed to see it. And this is, this is the start to that. I mean, this is a huge rivalry game expansion, uh, the expansion off and uh, Aaron Jones, big off season acquisition comes through clutch. Um, you know, it was just a good, it was like the rest of his team, like Frazier said, wasn't like huge games, but it was just a solid effort everywhere else. And, it's, you know, this team's always been the dark horse, sort of, like, gets rattles off a few wins in the beginning, 
and then sort of tails off. So maybe that's why we're still a little skeptical. Like we need to see this team keep this going through. But this is like we've we already see it with Colin. This is like a big opponent, and if you can start taking down these giants, um, you're going to be setting yourself up pretty good. So a good week. I mean, it was a this T Higgins stat line though. I can't I can't ignore it. It's got to be one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. This this was also one of the big offseason acquisitions. Eight targets, no receptions. I don't know if I've ever seen that stat line in my life. Um, yeah. yeah, I felt like every 10 minutes they're going over to the red zone on the Bengals and Joe Burrow is throwing T of 50-50 ball that just had no chance. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I. It's not, you know, it's not reflective of what's going to come with this player, but it is not fun to make a major investment. And we, you got the excitement of week one, like what's this player going to look like in my lineup? And then you see a stat line like that. Obviously, you know, we're just going to put it behind him and move on there. But the point about Aaron Jones, I mean, I just really think this was a such a great ad for him in a world where, you know, James Cook's going for 26 firsts to get, sorry, uh, (laughs) for Aaron Jones, a player who, yeah, I mean, I moved him last year with, you know, this looming, you know, the 27 years old, what's going to happen thing, move him at the deadline. He stays in Green Bay. It seems like everything's in place for him to have another fine year here. And Riley just goes out and grabs him. You know, insulin pens are deep. They look for an opportunity to add some value, you know, with picks 204. I mean, that was the major piece in that trade was 204. And you remember what happened with 204, everybody. Let's not let him forget about it. He traded Aaron Jones for the pick that he gave to Dan for free. So (laughs) that's what happened here. And Riley benefits from it. And like Frazier said, it's not going to be every week with this player. And, you know, we, we already saw him dealing with a little bit of an injury in that game even. But for him to have this sort of, you know, player, a proven veteran that can put up points like this throughout the season, it's such a huge boost for this team. And I think it was such a savvy ad. And you see it show up here already in week one. Yeah, we've talked about like these Dan and Tim being so far ahead of everyone and them kind of reinforcing that in week one this year, but it's not enough just to hit on your rookies. You need to make these types of deals to add points to your lineup without investing a lot of capital into it. So definitely a good pickup. And the other thing I'll say here, just because I know he's put a lot of work into this defense, he's always grinding, man. I mean, talking to everybody, trying to pick up value where he can on this defense hasn't shown really at all for the last three years here in terms of where he finishes at the end of the year, but it's starting, it's starting good this week. And that Josh Allen performance has a big reason or is a big reason why, but this is the second hundred plus point performance in this team's history on the defense. So really big week from that unit and hopefully a sign of things to come. Um, On the other side of this, obviously the dynasty team was the favorite in this game. We expect them to have a, you know, franchise altering season, potentially a postseason uh, birth for the first time. And I mean, at the end of the day, man, this was the third highest score in franchise history. It was just a few 
points too short. So they could have made it real interesting if that punt return <laughs> hadn't happened. I mean, we might be talking about a different result here, but you're, you know, if you're Colin, you don't love the week one loss, but I'd be feeling pretty good about the team. Yeah, I'd be feeling great. The offense specifically went off. I had to yeah. go. I saw the the number in the spreadsheet, and I had to go like look at that. Like he one thirty nine point nine, and he lost. And I was like, oh, that defense must have been bad. And it it was, but I mean, there's some guy like the linebackers looked rough. Nicobe Dean, I think, is hurting off for a while. Jack Campbell looked like he's still a backup at this point. Uh, but he's got some guys he can slot in. I think Jordan Brooks had a decent game. The, Picked up Demario Davis, which I, I thought was an interesting drop at the time, I think, by Riley. I thought a guy that kind of looked like he was still going to produce points this year. So it's a nice piece to have available on the bench. So it's just great to see this offense just explode in the way that it was planned to explode, even without Mark Andrews. So bright days ahead for, for Colin. I think this defense will return to the mean. So it's looking great. Yeah, 139 points out of the offense. I mean, that's got to be by far his best it in is. team history. Um, I mean, the the receivers came to play. Ridley, in his first game with this team, already looking like it was worth the price. 20 points, 100 yards receiving, a touchdown, eight receptions. Devonta Smith playing well. Stephon Diggs, like, these guys are all commanding double-digit targets and are doing exactly what he expected. So that's phenomenal. Brees Hall... Obviously ripped off that big run. He, they're still working him in, but you can still see he's got that talent. So that's great to see. ETM put together a good game. Madison scored a touchdown to salvage his performance. Um, and to a to a 466 yards passing. That's nuts. This is a team, uh, you know, was deciding if Tua is going to be that guy. And it seems like just to start the year, if he stays healthy, that's going to be huge. Um, the defense was not good. Obviously, started the backup linebacker and Jack Campbell. Uh, Nicobe Dean gets hurt. That really sucks. But like Frazier said, he's got guys on the bench he'll be able to to bring in. Uh, Jordan Brooks, Demario Davis, Kaiser White are all startable linebackers. So that's great. Uh, under the radar thing, I was monitoring Jeremy Chin. He's kind of come into a backup role in Carolina. Uh, Xavier Woods and Von Bell are the safeties. And then Chin just sort of fills in in different spots. He only played 38 snaps uh, for that Panthers defense. So that's maybe a little concerning for this DBs. Kyle Hamilton Hamilton only had three points. So that could be an area of weakness. But um, the offensive explosion was unbelievable. And Puka Nakua um, answered all everything about being a third-round pick in just one game. <laughs> no, we got to talk about that, right? Because it's not very often that you got all these fun, high-profile rookies, and what are they going to look like in week one? And the one we're talking about the most is the one from the fifth round that got drafted in the third round in Webb, and that, I think, got him docked on the draft grades. People were like, what the fuck are you doing? Why would you take that player in the middle of the third? Well, we're not always right around here. Just remember that most of the time, but not always. And Puka Nakua, you know, if this performance was anything to build off of, that's a fucking huge draft win for this team in the third round. You know, you think back to those, those sorts of players. I'm not even, I'm not going to say I'm on Ross St. Brown right now, but 
I mean, that's the sort of level here where it's like we could get to a point where it's like, wow, you just lifted this entire unit with a pick that, you know, you didn't have much value in when you when you made the pick. So um, great from him there. And, yeah, I got to say, like, the Calvin Ridley performance, y- you know he's just thrilled about it. This has been his guy for years and years trying to get this player onto this roster and finally accomplishing that and seeing this performance, obviously very exciting for him. But yeah, man, I mean, we talked a lot about this defense and how he built it up. He made investments. He's there's first round picks that were invested here in terms of building this thing up. And, you know, it's not going to be 54 every single week, but certainly got to hope that, you know, he can figure out kind of how to stack this lineup come together here and, and form what it's going to look like. Jordan Brooks, certainly a player that I think will get in the lineup here next week, especially with Nicobe Dean being out. And then, yeah, like you said, Caleb, maybe Jeremy Chin, a little bit of name value right now, but might be a spot he has to figure out. But these are all things that I think will correct, you know, as we move through the next few weeks here. And uh, overall, great week, great sign of things to come for the dynasty team. Moving on. How about another big time matchup between two teams that were in the postseason last year? The boys and the milkers. And just when you thought that Dirty Dave and the boys were dead, they came back. They stormed back. And if you're watching projections on this one, he storms back. He got big days out of those two running backs, CMC and Eckler, and he found a way to get this done. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't pretty, but he gets the win this week against the Milkers. Yeah, absolutely massive. I mean, this team's going to depend on those those running backs. Those are the engine. Um, but to as he works through this uh, big five slate to take down like the consensus two or three team in the big five to get that win out of the, out of the way with cup on the IR. Uh, that's massive. Um, since he's going to be probably without cup for a good, maybe all of the big five slate. So getting Calvin out of the way is huge. Um, so, um, just keep moving forward, piecing things together, um, as he moves through that without cup. Uh, Will Anderson gets the sack right away, so that's uh, that's big. Uh, he's he's gonna be happy about that, but just a great little win to to start the season for Dave. Yeah, he needed this because I mean a lot changed in between the preseason pod and the start of this game. I mean the Cooper Cup thing was huge. Obviously, him getting put on IR for at least four games. We already talked this was a team with a high range of outcomes, and if some things start to fall apart, uh, it could all go wrong. And it started to look like that, you know, Cup, and then Waller had this hamstring thing pop up. He ends up playing, but he's still questionable. Now you got Eckler, who's questionable for next week. So you start to seeing some of the dings sort of lining up in these older players, and you start to get worried. But he does come through this week. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't look like he's lost a step, so that's great news. Um, A.J. Brown had a solid performance. Um, Patrick Queen, who's you know maybe silenced some of the doubters there in that linebacker spot. Uh, I will have to say Drew Tranquil, another case oh. of a team. Oh, so. yeah, continue on Tranquil. I just as a <laughs> as a Willie Gay guy, I 
I don't like the the Drew talk of this year, how he's going to take his job, and I don't know why he's starting on this team right now. <laughs> oh, job. yeah, I mean, Drew Tranquil was announced, like, I don't know, a while ago that he's not going to be a starter. Like, Chanel, Gay, and Bolton were announced as the starters, and, like, one of those guys was in a rotational role, and then, you know, Tranquil will just come in and fill in in some of those spots. So I thought I thought he left Tranquil in from when, like, we did our whole boycott uh was it boycott Riley or whatever? What were we stand with, we stand Riley? with yeah. Riley? Stand with Riley. We stood with Riley. I thought he left him in there and forgot, but then like he was actually in the lineup. I'm like, oh, I was like, this is a backup linebacker. So not really sure how he missed that. Um, Caleb can't at... remember if he was boycotting or standing with Riley. <laughs> yeah. I, I, someone remind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we boycotted Riley before too. I I don't know, but. Uh, that was a bit concerning, but it's a huge win against a guy he's going to go competing for a playoff spot with, it kind of looks like. So uh, good for Dave to get this. Hopefully he can sort of get these guys healthy. But like we said, if we keep seeing more dings and dings, you're going to start to get concerned. And that's, that's a great point. We haven't talked since the cup news broke and he hit IR. And I think back to last season, Cup got hurt in week 10. If we look at, I'll even dial it back to week nine here because the last six games of last year, this team averaged 172.15. Most of that comes without Cup. You see the impact of Cooper Cup on this team as a former Web MVP. He's without him to start the year, and we're talking about a total that's 177. The ceiling of this team is limited without Cup. We The running backs popped off, still 177, but the most important thing here is that he got the win. Like you guys said, it was a grinded-out type of a win, down some bodies, dealing with some other you know nicks and scratches already in Week 1, but... I think that's the kind of year that this team might be in for clawing out some wins. If he escapes the big five with, you know, like you said, phrase, he's already got one of the big ones down. If he can come out of this with a four and two record, I think he sets himself up really nicely. And then obviously, hopefully uh, Cooper cup comes back at that point as well. So it'll be a little bit of a grind here, but the boys are off to a good start. Um, on the other side of this thing, man, I mean, the milkers, the offense fell completely flat in this game. It was the worst week that this team has had since week two of 2021 on the offensive side. So, I mean, I'm not going to say all of that is attributed to Jonathan Taylor, but we do see, you know, what this lineup looks like a little, it, it's a little bit different without Jonathan Taylor in it. He's still got some premier pieces there, but before we talk about this team's performance this week, I, I, it makes me very sad that something overshadowed the week here for this team. You talk about a team, a playoff team from last season coming in with major expectations picked on the pod to be a playoff team. Again, first time ever two consecutive years, playoff team, legendary milkers, baby. So explain to me then why 
this team went in to this season with one player on its taxi squad. Explain it to me because Webb thought that it that the taxi spots were valuable enough that we had to even add one more. Remember, we voted on this during the offseason. We added one. There are now three. So explain to me then why there's one player on the taxi squad. Because in a league like this, with all these players here, and you got new teams coming up, you got teams that want to take your spot, and you're going to let them have any sliver of an advantage over you. I mean, give me a break. This team last season had two players on its taxi squad in Divine Diablo and Jaquan Brisker that ended up becoming pieces that were sought after, that ended up in the lineup for this team. And for him to neglect those spots going into the year, quite frankly, it's embarrassing. I'm just going to say it right here. It is embarrassing that this team left those spots open and you know what? You got 11 you got 11 other players here. You got 11 owners in this league that are licking their lips seeing the carelessness that you demonstrated going into this season because they all want that playoff spot that you had last year. So that's what I'm going to say about that. Yeah, so if you look at some of these week 1 offensive scores, you can really convince <laughs> convince yourself to see some week 2 improvement. <laughs> Uh, should we should we debrief Mangle's rant here? Yeah, it's just a really tough look. Um, I mean, you have a guy sitting on your bench right there. You can slot in Leo Chanel is like the perfect taxi squad player. Like he's sort of the third linebacker on that team now. Super athletic. You're Wisconsin boy. All you have to do is literally just move him down to the taxi squad at any point in the last three months, and you're like, that's one of those spots already taken. And then you have an extra roster spot, but. Honestly, I don't even know if it matters if he has an extra roster spot because, you know, he was rostering Deion Jones, who still isn't on a team, all through this week until he finally dropped him. Um, And he's still – I don't know what dirt Gross Matos has on this team, but this guy is owned in 0% of leagues. He played four snaps this week. Why is he still on your roster? No one in the world owns this man except you. (laughs) I don't understand what is going on in the bench. And it's sad because of how good this lineup is. If there was just an, a, a little bit more attention paid on this. I mean, you can see it looking right next door at, at uh, Dave's taxi squad. Brian Bar- Branch, who was on waivers, was picked up by Dave, put on the taxi squad. What do you know? Interception, three tackles. Looks great. Obviously got hurt, but... That's what you can find and stash on the taxi squad. That's why it's there. I don't understand in this league that's supposed to be made up of the best owners in the world, the most competitive league in the world, how you aren't using these things. And it's it's really disappointing. Yeah, it doesn't even take like like some people will be like, I just don't have the time to do to do the de- the defense part of it, look at snaps. But I mean, Brian Branch, that's just like, hey, I know that name. Rookie, first round pick, put them in taxi squad, stuff like that. So, um, despite all that, which has been going on for years, kind of this mismanagement of the the bench, the end of the bench. I mean, this starting lineup somehow still 
puts him in a place where he is one of the better teams in web. So, um, going back on that, what I was going to drop as a point after Mingo's rant was like looking at this, um, lineup, you can see some improvements. So not a huge panic for, for week one, for me, Dak Prescott pretty much didn't even have to play that much. Um, Reminds me, Ramondre and Josh Jacobs, decent stat lines, but no touchdowns. Um, James Conner, kind of the same case. So you can kind of convince yourself that this offense is going to bounce back. Um, George Kittle, same kind of thing. San Francisco didn't really get challenged too much. Um, so despite to, despite the the circumstances, I think this team should bounce back. Yeah, to the actual back to the actual team, like. <laughs> The lineup, again, he's assembled, is great. And I think it was just a down week overall. Like Amari in the bad weather. Mike Williams gets hurt. Jacobs and Ramondre don't score a touchdown. And Dak doesn't really play much in a game that the defense just went crazy on the Giants. So I think it was a down week on offense. He'll bounce back. A 100-point outing on defense is pretty solid for him, mostly uh, through T.J. Watt, 35 points. He's still here. He's still doing those kinds of things. So still has that nuclear force on defense. The linebackers look good points-wise with T.J. Edwards, Vondre Campbell, Fred Warner, which we expected. So this is a good team, just sort of a down week at an unfortunate time against Dave. Yeah, I mean, T.J. Watt, that was my web factor, and you're talking about a player here that shows you right away the impact he can make as a defensive player of the year, you know, past winner, future candidate, all of those things, big-time week for him, and like you guys said, the offense should bounce back. I mean, even without Jonathan Taylor, we still have a lot of star power here. Justin Jefferson starts the year in the way that we expect him to with a huge day, so... It should be a bounce back game, and that's that's it. I will move on to the next team. How about the money makers and David Wilson Batman? Uh, like the men of mystery, it was a shocking day for the money makers when the one hit the win column against David Wilson Batman, but um. I mean, okay, let's let's start with David Wilson Batman here because the, the thing that is really bothering me is the fact that I had to watch Tyler Algier on my television in 2023. Hey, what? He's, he's a good player. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting an end to the Tyler Algier right, slander. Come on. Good. He is a good player. He played really well in this game, put up points, put up a good stat line. Um, I don't see anything wrong with uh, with getting him some work, keeping the load off Bijan a little bit. Are you going to start him? You going to yeah, go Falcons? Falcons? He is the flat. He's flexing this week. Hell yeah! All right, cool. I mean, the beat. Mostly, it's just like. Can we get Bijan the ball? I mean, yeah. the Bijan thing, man. Like the first touchdown of his NFL career is <laughs> signature Bijan, where his leg turns into jelly for a quick second and he ends up in the end zone. I mean, you gotta be excited about it, even if you know he is part of the you know circus of fun that is the Arthur Smith Falcons experience as a fantasy player. But um, this was your lowest total in week one since 2017. And 
where else do you start but the Bengals disaster? I mean, how many times have we talked about quarterbacks letting teams down this week? This is not a sign of things to come. I feel like I've said that about six times on this podcast already, but David Wilson, Batman, unfortunate circumstances this week, but I'm not too worried about it. Are you worried about it, Frage? Uh, no, it, it got out of our hands pretty quickly uh, this week. Hats off to the moneymakers. They did what they needed to do. Um, but yeah, looking, I mean, if you just put Jamar Burrow at what they usually score, the week looks a lot better. Um, you see progress out of the positions that you need to see progress out of with the Bijan pickup. Montgomery got a lot of good usage. Um, but it was just kind of the perfect storm of shittiness this week. Like the Christian Watson injury right away. Don't have him. Goldert, just the one target. Um, I can never seem to, when I make a, a bold start on a wide receiver, I almost always goose egg him with the sky more. Um, <laughs> and then the provided team... a lot of content, though. A lot of entertainment <laughs> on Thursday. One of the, well, one of the best, uh, content going in web is whenever the chiefs want to play on prime time <laughs> and everybody loses <laughs> pretty much except for she rice oh! <clears throat> there was a wide range of emotions watching that game obviously sky Moore, i have had my feelings about him but Sitting next to Carter while he's starting Kadarius Tony in that game. <laughs> and I'm just like dancing Rasheed Rice touchdown and every drop. Carter's just like slowly dying. And then me and Riley are just tripping like, he's got one more in him. He's got that dog. He's got one more in him. And then he, that one for the interception. <laughs> Entertainment uh, 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 galore. But um, hold, hold on a second. I need to say. One of my favorite lines, Frazier, you're really good at this. You're a funny guy. One of my favorite single line deliveries of all time was Carter being like, I'm done with him. I'm never starting him again. And you were like, who? Say his name. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, Caleb. Yeah. I mean, it was just some unfortunate pretty much goose eggs. I mean, there were good performances in places, but zero out of Goddard, zero out of Sky, zero out of Gary, which probably doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, I saw he had, on just those 12 snaps, like 50% of them were pressures. So once you can get him going, you got to feel better about that. I'm concerned about these linebackers a little bit. Um, Matt Milano was great. He was all over the place against the Jets, but... J.O.K. didn't play the complete snaps here. Jamin Davis didn't play the complete snaps. And you don't really have many guys coming off the bench that are playing a ton of snaps. So wondering if maybe that'll be an area to address. I guess it depends what direction this team's going. I think, you know, it's still a team that was going to be looking at a fringe playoff run. Um, and it's kind of a disappointing start, just like my team losing to a team that was expected to be in the the miserable for Marvin race. It's kind of a setback. So I can sort of feel that as well. Yeah, we can't, we can't all have full share snap share linebackers like Caleb. There's not a lot of them out there anymore. I got to <laughs> run with my 75 percenters. I don't know if that's a good recipe. <laughs> I just, There's nothing else. <laughs> make a trade. Yeah. On the moneymaker side of this, I mean, 
similarly to the men of mystery, it's a win. Certainly not anything exciting points wise. In fact, this was the lowest point total in a win for the moneymakers since week six of 2019. A lot of history on the podcast today. Um, so, you know, it, the team kind of looked like what we expected it to look like. And unfortunately that included more fun with the Falcons offense because <laughs> I might've traded T Higgins, but Drake London didn't need eight targets. He still had his zero yards on his only target in this game. And Kyle Pitts, who was the most, uh, the highest total receiver on the team, uh, only had 44 yards. So I think you see some of the things we talked about in the big five preview. What is the ceiling of this team? You know, what is limiting it? I think you need to see it out of some of these young players. And if one week is a, uh, an indication of it. I mean, seems like we might be in for more of the same. Yeah, it's it's just a weird week for the money makers because it's like pretty much the exact formula that you expected out of this team uh, this year. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence is going to lead the helm. Side note, leveling up, elite elite quarterback for the future. Um, but just kind of. Hey, he's going to get a few of these guys who chip in 10 to 15 on the offense. It's going to be okay. And then we know Mingo's going to have a decent defense and then puts up just a 155-ish range. Like, that's pretty much what I expected this team to do this year. Does it? We expected it to be, like, the second-worst team type of thing, and it ends up being, like, the seventh-ranked week. So, and he gets a win because everyone was so bad. So it, <laughs> it's, like, exactly what you expected out of the team. But then you're one and zero, and like right in the middle. Yeah, it's interesting when you you win a week and you're really happy. And the first thing Mingo decides to bring up is the goose egg from London, and the three targets for Pitts. Like, it this, these guys have been the talking points, the focal points, the building pieces of this franchise. Um, and boy, I, that offense is weird. I mean, Arthur Smith just hates fantasy football and using good players. I mean, it's going to be something interesting to monitor with how they, they use them. But yeah, I don't really know. It wasn't like nobody really had a big performance. Like Addison had a touchdown in your lineup. So that's great right out of the gate. But like Ernest Jones taking over the full-time linebacker role. That's great. Cam curl looks really good, but it's like, there wasn't, there wasn't like, it's not like that guy. It's like, oh, yeah. It's just like it was just a okay performances, solid performances everywhere. And then then where you would expect to get them the most, they don't come. So it's a very weird week, but it's a win. Shockingly enough, the running backs gave a nice little uh, bolster to this lineup. And the wide receiver tight end combo that we discussed in the preseason was uh, one of the least effective parts of this team. So. It's weird. It's not a team we expect to be very good, but I got to say it still feels good getting wins in web, no matter how you get them. Um, that is how the last team feels on our slate today as well, because it doesn't matter how you win. It's just that you do it. And in case, in the case of the rebel Alliance, <laughs> even when you have the third lowest 
offensive performance in Webb's history. Let me say it again. The third lowest offensive total in Webb's entire history. It doesn't matter because you walked away with a number one in the win column. I'm sorry, Josh. We just don't, you just don't see totals like this anymore. 37 something. That's, that's special. You just got to stop and admire it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm trying to see if there's anything on the bench to make him feel a little bit better going into next week. Jacoby two touchdowns for Jacoby. There it is. Wow. Uh, but then, oh, didn't he get his brain bashed bashed in? Yeah, he's questionable right <laughs> oh, now. Yeah, pretty, pretty sure he got destroyed, so maybe that's not a silver lining, but ooh, it's not much else on the bench either. It's rough. I mean, we're back to the back to the old Josh here with the defense running the show. Um, and well, I just mentioned it's stat change season, so uh, pending tonight. This is a very, very close game, 1.5 points, but, oh, yeah, I mean, Gainwell being hurt, maybe we see what Swift can do this week. Um, Lamar Jackson should should bounce back, but the uh, Deontay got hurt. I'm not sure what that was, if that's going to linger into the upcoming weeks. Kirk, or Christian Kirk looks like just a slot part-time player with Calvin Ridley there now, so that's tough. Um, just a a tough week and he tweeted pretty much how he felt and how I feel about this team the whole week that a win is a win, but you're just, you can't feel too good about what transpired. Yeah. This defense was great. I mean, hooker with a forced fumble and interception, 22 points. Winfield comes in with 20 points. So these DBs pop off, uh, saw performances out of Daniel Hunter, what you like to see um, hasn't always been the most consistent, but maybe you can keep that up in Max Crosby. But yeah, it's, the story is this offense. And I mean, Deontay Johnson, who you just mentioned, he's going to be out for up to the next four weeks. So now you're already digging into the well. And if Jacoby Myers is out next week, well, boy, then it starts to get weird. Uh, Cam Akers was wildly inefficient. 22 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. Kyron was looking a little more fun there. Um, so that's we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the tight end streaming days of old for Josh look like they might be dead. Zero points for Noah Fant, not even a target. So that's a massive hole. DeAndre Swift, he's going to get the boost with Gainwell being out this week, but just one carry and one reception. I mean, unbelievably disappointing for a situation that we thought could revitalize his career. Um, and then Lamar Jackson, I mean, Five points for him. I mean, it was all around down week in web for quarterbacks. But now you look at the latter half of like what he's been doing lately. Like even last season, like he had a couple twenty-five point games. Like he hasn't had a game with more than twenty-five or twenty-six points since week three of last season. And we used to think of Lamar and like, oh, he's got this crazy upside. Like you know, like thirty-point weeks. He gets those forty-point weeks, but. He hasn't had one of those weeks in like a year. So that's a little concerning. We don't want to overreact to that new offense and everything, but he just didn't look great that week. So 
I don't really know where you go from here. You just have to hope these guys bounce back. But with, like Frazier also said, Kirk playing just exclusively in the slot, Deontay hurt, like, and he doesn't have the guys to fill these roles. I mean, he doesn't have a bench, really. Allen Robinson played a little bit. He played solid, but I'm this offense, I don't know how you fix it. I don't want to overreact over one week, but it doesn't look good. It is the week of overreaction, Caleb. You are allowed to overreact. <laughs> You're encouraged to overreact, in fact. So the only week you can yeah. overreact over one week. Yeah, we never overreact otherwise. Oh, no. Never. <laughs> once i mean i will say this i mean this is a team that has a storied history on the defensive side of things and we've made changes since that 2018 2019 run in terms of scoring but 106.75 this week from the defense was a franchise record it saved his ass in this game as you know assuming the result holds that was the big difference here, was a massive showing from this defense. 52.25 points from the DBs. So that's not something you get ever. And he had all three of them popping off this week. It covered him this week, but I think, you know, we talk about this offense, Caleb, and, and the sorts of holes that are even emerging now post-week one. There's going to be some... Tough decisions, I think, in this team's future as we progress. Some of these teams that you know started a little slower, maybe they start getting back to the median. We'll see how this team responds. But right now, man, it's one and zero, and that's all he cares about. On the other side of this thing is the juicers, and man, I mean, first things first, this wide receiver group which is the lifeblood of this team. It's what encourages you when you look at this roster. Brandon Ayuk had the flashes last year of being an even different player. And if this year is the year that he becomes a superstar, we have to start talking about this being potentially one of the best wide receiver groups we've ever seen in web. Now, that being said, Garrett Wilson just lost Aaron Rodgers. And the rest of the team, yeah, I said that, Caleb. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) You can respond in a second. Let me finish. The rest of the team around these guys didn't really respond in any way, shape, or form. And it was a very disappointing week for a team that had expectations heading into the season, clearly, because he made even more investments into this team before the week one game. So, how do you react to this performance from the juicers? Um, it's disappointing. It's really disappointing for this team. I feel like well, we'll start with the good. Ayuk was amazing. Um, we were together for those games, and Ayuk's always been his guy, his ride or die, and to see him score 28 there, I mean, phenomenal. And it rounds out a really good receiving core. Um Really disappointing that Rodgers gets hurt because I think Rodgers and Garrett Wilson were about to go Rodgers, Devontae Adams on the league. I think they were. So that's a pretty hard hit for that. But Gibbs looked good, incredibly efficient. That's great news. James Cook, you know, got a pretty good workload. Um, let's see, 59%. Well, so about where he usually is. But he was featured pretty prominently. So he didn't do a ton. 
against a good defense. So, you know, we, we kind of didn't like that trade, but he's getting decent enough workload. Like it's like, hey, maybe next week you get in the end zone. It's looking better. But it's like there's so many missed opportunities to win this game. Kadarius Tony, if he just catches one pass, one extra pass, that's the difference. If Cam Hayward doesn't get hurt early um, and score just one point, that's probably a win. If you start Montez Sweat over Cam Hayward, who scored 24 points, that's a win. Um, you know, you have Isaiah Simmons in the starting lineup who played 13 snaps. You put someone else in, you win. Like, he was right there. I mean, that game went to overtime, and all he needed was one point, just get James Cook one touch, and he just couldn't quite get it. So this is a tough loss for, you know, this was the classic scrap-off between Carter and Josh. It's, a, it's like the championship <laughs> it's game that won. It's a scrap-off. Scrap-off bowl. <laughs> Josh was just able to scrap enough to out-scrap Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um yeah definitely a few the highlights Ayuk, like you said it would be i would love it if this guy fully made it out of kyle shanahan's dark i was the superstar that would just be cool um gibbs i'm a little bit concerned about the workload but he he looked great had a lot of juice so hopefully that kind of evens out a little bit um and then yeah, I'm with Caleb on the Garrett Wilson thing. I think that was like the key part of being really excited about this team was expecting the Garrett Wilson level up with Rodgers, which with Rodgers, yeah, it basically could have been like a Devontae Adams style season. So that would have just been a huge impact on this team that's now just not really looking like it's going to materialize. And yeah, just if you start any other player other than that bum, Kadarius Tony, <laughs> you win. And that's all I have to say. Oh, man. Yeah. I, what I else do you say? doesn't love football. <laughs> Enough. For, okay. I It's the end of the podcast. I have not had any opportunities to publicly make this sort of a rant yet i'm i'm already in on one rant on this pod i don't want to overstay my welcome but i really do hate what football twitter has become because we can go all the way back to thursday with the jameer gibbs stuff i mean listen i get it he looked fucking incredible he did you know, do we need to argue about, you know, the usage and who's right and who's wrong? And then Brian Branch catches that interception. And then I saw somebody that was like, any DB in the NFL could have made that pick. Why are you guys dunking on us for the Brian Branch stuff? It's like, dude, can everybody just relax, watch football again? Do we even like the sport anymore? We've started to just it's like the fucking NBA dunk contest every single time football's on. You got the you got the nerds, you got the football people, the X's and O's people being like, these casuals don't know what they're talking about. Then you have the fantasy people that are like, this is fucking, look at this. Th- this is ridiculous. How could this ever happen? And then you have the actual idiots that don't actually know what they're talking about at all. And it's just this big fucking cauldron of shit every single time you're watching football on Twitter now 
I I had to get that out. I I just that the Brian Branch one really rubbed me the wrong way. There was a lot more this weekend. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but dude, I, yeah, I, I'm glad you said that. I mean, football's gotten a lot of more like relaxing for me. Like, I guess I'll use Jameer Gibbs since we were talking about him as an example of just like I'm trying to like just watch it and I'll let the team kind of show me like what they're thinking about the player and kind of base my thoughts on that where everyone's like, Jameer Gibbs looks amazing. Get him out there. 20 carries, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, maybe he's not like built for that yet. Maybe they don't trust him in certain situations, like these crazy concepts. Like maybe it's going to take a little bit just because he looked like he had an insane amount of juice on that one carry. We got to get him every single carry. Montgomery can never play ever again type of takes. I hate it. Yep. A great way to avoid this is just get so many TVs that you don't have time to look at your phone because there's so much football happening. I saw that setup you had, Caleb. That's it's, that's a dream come true right there. You just check the fantasy scores. You look down and Twitter, oh, something's happening, and you can't look away. So it's a great way to get away from the toxicity and just be really depressed that your team is doing awful. So, uh, On the flip side of the Brian Branch <laughs> thing, I just remembered this. Some there was some Packers guy that was like, and the Packers could have had that, but they didn't. Oh, it's like it was the first game of the year. Nobody even knew what the other Packers draft picks looked like in NFL game in, in an NFL game. And this guy was like, it's unbelievable that they didn't pick him. Look at this. He has a pick in his first game. And it's like, I I'm over it. I'm over it. But it's like four ways to spin every right. single play. It's <laughs> literally, like, literally. Nobody's <laughs> actually really right. So, yeah. Uh, juicers. I'm sorry. I hijacked your segment for that. Um, hope you bounce back next week, but uh, that is the end of the week. One slate. Uh, always a lot of excitement around these parts in week one. And it shows this week with a little bit of a longer show, but Man, I mean, we don't know a goddamn thing about Webb except for that the pirate crew and the insulin pens are really good, and that makes it easy to generate content at least. But we have a lot of teams that are sweating coming out of this week, I think. So that makes for a very interesting week two slate for our first lightning round of 2023. Uh, Frage. Do we have lines this week? Nope. Uh, Vegas is still trying to to figure out what they think of these teams. We'll, I get we'll give it. that maybe another week. Okay. We have lines, but we, we'll run through. We got an exciting week two slate, like you mentioned. A lot of teams trying to get right games. Uh, a lot of teams need to get the win column that looked good. Um, that don't want to go zero and two, even though they look good in week one. Uh, so we'll just we're gonna run it straight down. I'm not gonna order this any fancy, just the way it looks on my screen. And on my screen, it starts with a Brock Bowl. We got David Wilson Batman uh, versus the International Men of Mystery. If these teams played last week, uh, the Men of Mystery would have won. So, uh, Caleb, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna take David Wilson Batman. Got to hope a bounce back week. Need hopefully Watson's getting healthier. Burrow and Chase bounce back. Goddard, you know, plays like just all around bounce back kind of week. Parker, we'll see what he can keep doing. If he can keep, you know, putting up halfway okay totals and sneaks him out, 
man, to see this team at 2-0 and would be something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lightning can't strike twice, right? I mean, if the Bengals do what they did again last week, then we'll be we'll be talking next week. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think David Wilson Batman gets on the right track here and picks up a win. Yeah, this might be a must win right out of the gates. I mean, always. <laughs> you lose to these two. These, wow. <laughs> these two teams, man. Yeah, 0-2 with, uh, with the moneymakers and the, the, oh, I almost said Fresh Prince. Oh, oh, back. Oh, oh. Don't want to disrespect them. Uh, the international men of mystery already done that would be a rough spot you might just have to blow it up at that point um so we're gonna pick a win uh all right moving down the money makers the other team that uh beat the dave wilson team has the insulin pens in town this week rough rough one for the one and all money makers but can they go two and all mingo uh, well, I did text the owner of the pens today, Tim, that he was next on my hit list. And then <laughs> I checked the projections currently. And then I was like, never mind. I'm picking the pens. Yeah, I uh, got to go pens here. Would be an unbelievable upset if Mingo pulls us off. And I would love to see the insulin pen meltdown if he starts the season 0-2. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Mingo, you're a small fish. I am a bigger fish than you at this point, maybe. I mean, I lost you week one, but Tim is a sh- he's a shark. Uh, he's he's a large <laughs> fish. <laughs> so it's much a much tougher takedown. It's not gonna happen. Maybe you keep it within fifty this week, buddy. All right. Reigns Rebels, we just talked about this offense. It needs to bounce back. Where's Where are the points coming from? And he's got the milkers in town this week, so uh, a tough matchup for him. Um, I can start. I am going to pick the milkers to get back on track. This offense had a lot of points left on the board. He's going to get hopefully get some touchdown luck. Didn't get a lot of it this week, so the milkers uh, take care of business. Uh, Caleb? Yeah, I'm taking the milkers. I think this offense bounces back. I don't know if Josh's offense can physically bounce back, so I'm taking Calvin. Yeah, I got to go milkers here. I mean, we saw a decent performance in week one, and, you know, that would have been enough to easily beat the Rebels this week. So I'm going to take the milkers. All right. Pirate Crew continuing their reign of terror over Webb has... The de- defending champs in, uh, I don't know why I laughed, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in town. <laughs> Bingo, who do you have? I mean, what a what a get-right game this would be, huh, Caleb? If you could knock off the pirate crew again. Um, I want to believe, man. I want to believe, but the Pirate Crew showed us in week one that they are who we thought they were, and I'm going to pick him in week two. I can, I'll can. i jump in. Um, also going to pick the Pirate Crew, but I do think uh, the Keel Pros show a little bit more of what we expected them to, them to be this week. I think they get into the, say, the one mid-170s, 180. I think he put up a, a good point total, but I think Dan takes it out. 
this team is 1-0 and in their last one game against the Pirate Crew. Um, Whoa! He's starting a, a backup running back in Derrick Henry. <laughs> uh, that, that's definitely not going to come back to haunt me. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm going to take Dan, too. I mean, we just got to see my team show its potential first before I'm ready to, to throw around that I can beat Dan. But I've done it before, so let's run it back. All right, moving on. We got the uh, Herb, your enthusiasm coming off a statement week one game. Has the juicers in town? Uh, Caleb, what are you thinking for this one? Hmm. This could be an interesting game, seeing if Riley can keep up the totals he did last week, seeing if Carter can try to pick it up a little. I'm going to take Riley in what could be a close game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you look at what these teams did on, on in week one, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to take Riley here. But I think going into the year, these teams were closer than that. Those totals, you know, reflected. That being said, got to count on T. Higgins to make a big impact in week two, bounce back from that performance. And I'm going to take that to be the difference in this game and pick Herb your enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm going to echo you guys. I think this one's going to be close, but I think... Um... Riley's got a just a little bit deeper team at this point, so I think he's going to take care of business. All right, and I think my sleeper screen saved the game of the week for Ooh. the last game. Clutch. Actually, so that's good. Uh, we have the Dynasty team coming off uh, a great week one that did not end up in a victory. Has Dirty Dave in town to avoid going 0-2, so that is a, a tough draw. Um, so we will start with uh, with Caleb. Who do you think takes this one? This is a man a tough schedule for both these seasons. Uh, both these guys start the year: Colin versus Riley, Dave versus Calvin, and then they play each other here. I'm gonna take gonna take Colin. I think if Andrews is back this week, this team is healthier got around the same upside as Dave, maybe more with him having to start MVS and Adam Thielen. Question marks about Darren Waller. Question marks around Austin Eckler. Just a lot of question marks in this Dave lineup right now. So I feel maybe a little confident in Colin. That's where we are, man. I'm picking the Dynasty team as well. This defense is going to bounce back in a huge way, I think, in week two. And if Andrews is in this lineup, this is a scary team. And I'm picking them to beat the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm jumping on that too. I feel pretty, pretty good about this one as well. I think the key spots are going to be these three lineup slots. If you look at Dave's team, wide receiver three, and then moving down, MBS, Darren Waller, Adam Thielen, and next to that for Colin, he's got Devonta Smith, Mark Andrews, Brees Hall. That is the definition of a mismatch, and I think that is going to be what Colin helps Colin take home. Uh, and go one and one and keep the good vibes going. That's week one. Man, what a what a start to the year. We expected chaos and we got chaos and then some in week one this season. Teams that were favored, falling, defending champs, falling from grace. Everybody's pressing the panic button right now. Everybody is you know, rebuild, Caleb. Re- start the rebuild right now. Everybody rebuild. David Wilson, Batman, rebuild. 
right? That's how the week yeah. of overreaction works, isn't it? Yeah, I almost hit the trade block uh, with some some sell pieces. Imagine what I could get for Bijan. Trade yeah. block. <laughs> Imagine the first second. Yeah, one of them could even be Bijan. Could even be Bijan. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, everybody, calm down. If you're feeling low after week one, it's okay because there's 13 more to go, and we're going to be back next week to break it all down once again. So good to be back, and let's make it a great week.